Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm Jonathan Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. How you doing, Corey? <laughs> I didn't think the end of the week would ever get here, but alas, it is Friday. <laughs> this has been a crazy week. It's my first full week back um, with students, that is. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and there's all sorts of crazy stuff happening in the world that we won't get into because this is a movie podcast, and... <laughs> Um, not a political one, although I'm sure, uh, you know, we have our opinions and things like that. And I don't, I mean, I, I feel like I know what your opinions are, Corey, and I think we're probably on the same side. Although I have to say that sometimes, uh, social media and following certain of my friends disappoint me. Um, when same. I, same. Yeah. So I, <laughs> And it's like you know them as a person, so you don't want it to, like, affect your judgment of them. But it's been really hard, and I have unfollowed so many people within the last year or so. Yeah. Sorry, and, not sorry. And I'm, like, I'm not even getting into simply, like, who you voted for, that type of stuff. That That's whatever. But at this point, now we're getting into, like, you know, acts of hatred and things like that um, from the events that happened Last weekend in Charlottesville, um, a lot of a lot of things have come up, and people are posting their opinions on things that you're just like, whoa, okay. Um, and also, I would just like to, um, I think that it's a good reminder because we've been seeing um, people getting called out that were at those events. You can choose your actions, but you cannot choose your consequences. And I think that that is something that a lot of people don't keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And um, that's one of the things that I do love about movies is it is sometimes an escape from the horrors of reality or sometimes it's a good way to explore um, different perspectives and thoughts on subjects like this or politics in general or life in general or things like that. Um, this week's movie that we watched for the review that we'll be doing towards the end of the episode is The Fountain which doesn't deal with politics, but does deal with kind of thoughts on humanity and um, and life and death, which we will, uh, which is an interesting theme connection, I thought, to the Seventh Seal that I didn't know we were getting into. I didn't know that either. I really, honestly, didn't know what I was getting myself into with the Seventh Seal at all. <laughs> ah, well, see, I knew what the Seventh Seal was about. I didn't know what the Fountain was about, really, um, going into it. Of course, I didn't pick the Fountain. Um, but yeah, that was Corey, yes, but I'm not that complaining girl. necessarily. We'll get into that, of course, with our review. Um, before we do that, uh, we're going to talk about what's coming out on home video on August 22nd, 2017, which is not much yet. It's great. What is coming out? <sighs> the only notable title coming out on Tuesday is guardians of the galaxy volume two. I thought you were a little, you know, disappointed. No, not at all. I really like Guardians okay. too. Um, I did too. Yeah, I don't think I. I think if there was any disappointment, I didn't think it was necessarily as good as the first one, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't think it was bad by any means. Um, I I found the movie very enjoyable, and in fact, um, definitely want to add it to my collection. I may not be able to add it as soon as I normally would, um, as I'm trying to be better about spending, but. <laughs> Uh, it is one that I definitely want to own, um, and because it's a Disney slash Marvel movie, I'll I'll try to get it sooner than later. Because sometimes those get hard to find, and they rarely drop in price. Word. 
But that is coming out on home video. Uh, Corey and I both saw that, and I wrote a review. I don't remember if you wrote a review for it or not. Um, I don't think I did. But those are both, well, mine is, and if Corey did, they're on BerkReviews.com. Um, I definitely recommend checking that one out. There's other stuff from the uh, the weeks. I still have not seen Lost City of Z or Slight. Those are movies I'm looking forward to seeing. And actually, uh, one came out today, I think, or yesterday, um, on VOD that I've been wanting to see since the Florida Film Festival, and that's Dave Made a Maze. What? Yeah, it is currently available to rent, um, maybe own on VOD. Have you seen Dave Made a Maze? No, I've never even heard of this. Ah, um, it's a film that uh, Big Tuna, who writes for Burke Reviews from time to time, he went and saw at the Florida Film Festival, and I was at, I believe, a documentary um, when he was at that that screening. Um, he loved it. It was one of, I think, one of his favorite films from the festival, and it was one that I wanted to see, and I just didn't make it uh, to that particular screening. Um, and so, if you're interested in independent films, you can check out the trailer for Dave Made a Maze. Maybe hit that one up on VOD. I don't know if there's going to be a physical release date for that or not, but it is available on iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, etc. <coughs> um, and that's one I'm going to probably be renting, or maybe be talking about later on in this episode, even. Um, I haven't quite decided where I want to go just yet. But that said, um, that's it for home releases. There's nothing else new that I am familiar with. There's a couple other titles, literally only two, and I didn't know either one, so I decided not to do the research on those and move forward for now. Um, They might be great, but they do look like they're straight-to-DVD releases, um, unless I just forgot something. Um, With that, we'll get into uh, theatrical releases for August 25th, which... Our slim pickings as well. Um, we're going to start with an animated movie that none of these are listed as wide release on Box Office Mojo. They're all saying li- they're limited theaters like 2,000, 1,500. So they may not even be near us um, because it's it's just the end of the summer. Or the summer movies are coming to an end. There will be about a two to three week lull and then we'll start getting into pre-Oscar season and then Oscar season. So you'll get more dramas. Um Still have the fun November stuff. Thor's coming out. Um, Justice League, which may or may not be fun per se. Um, but uh, the animated movie that's coming out is called Leap, and I had I don't think I've seen a trailer for this, but um, you might be interested. Then again, you might be disgusted. An orphan girl dreams of becoming a ballerina, and flees her rural uh, Brittany. Wait, flees her rural Brittany for Paris. I don't know what that means. Where she passes for someone else and uh, exceeds to the position of pupil at the Grand Opera House. Um, the stars in this movie, uh, you got Elle Fanning, as I'm guessing the lead. Uh, your boy, Dane DeHaan. And then, We're not friends anymore. <laughs> and the big star, the big star is Carly Rae Jepsen. Who, I love Carly Rae Jepsen, and I don't care how many cool points I lose right now with anyone. I'm so sad I didn't see her when she came to Boise, even though I heard her band is, were jerks when they went into my local record store. Guys, isn't she we the, can move on. the Friday girl? Or is, no, 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 Call Me that's Maybe That's Rebecca girl. Black. Call Me Maybe. Yeah. So, just as bad. I, I confused the no. bad artist. Um, no, no, no. Was she on tour with Hanson by chance? Nope. Oh. Now, let's, I'm, I don't think I'm, so. I'm scrolling through the list of voice actors. There's several that I don't know, but I get down farther. Oh, Hold on. It has Maddie Ziegler in it, too, which um, she's from some dance show on TV. But um, mainly people will know her because she is the 
girl that dances at in all of um, Sia's videos, and when she like tours, she like dances. She's the entertainment because anyone that listens to Sia knows she doesn't like. You can't see Sia's, uh, Sia's face when she's like singing. Hmm. Well, Mel Brooks is listed as a voice oh. in this movie, and so is Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live, and Nat Wolf, who um, shows up in some stuff. I, I can't remember. He's in a movie that's coming out that I'm interested in. Um, so I don't know. I hadn't. I don't recall seeing a trailer for this. Um, maybe it's great. It doesn't have any kind of Metacritic score. There is 7,000 user scores on IMDb with a 6.8, so Thanks. positive. So if it comes close, maybe I'll check it out. I'm definitely not going out of my way to see that one. Um, next up for theatrical release on, again, August 25th, is a movie that I should be interested in, and yet I'm a- extensively apprehensive. It's called mm-hmm. Birth of the Dragon. Um, it's from 2016, so that means it's been really just sitting on a shelf somewhere. Uh, set against the backdrop of the 1960s San Francisco, Birth of the Dragon is a modern take on the classic movies that Bruce Lee was known for. It takes its inspiration from the epic and still controversial showdown between an up-and-coming Bruce Lee and Kung Fu master Wong Jack Man, a battle that gave birth to a legend. Um, they, I watched Dragon as a kid, uh, Dragon the Bruce Lee story, and I liked it as a kid. And I rewatched it within the last year, at least part of it, and I, I just saw how I didn't feel like it was paying homage. Like, I don't know. It felt silly and a little, a little over the top at times, things that I didn't recall um, from when I watched it as a kid. And I don't know. I haven't watched the trailer for this. Um, oh, wow. Out of 800 users, it has a 3.8 on IMDb. Um, so, yeah, I probably won't check this out. Um, but I am a big Bruce Lee fan, so <laughs> it might be more of a reason not to check it out. So Word. The final movie coming out in theaters, and the only one I've seen a trailer for, uh, and just recently, in fact, um, is called All Saints. Um, All Saints is uh, based on an inspiring true story of a salesman turned pastor, Michael Spurlock, uh, played by John Corbett. The tiny church he was ordered to shut down and a group of refugees from Southeast Asia. Together, they risked everything to plant seeds for a future that might just save them all. Um, this is uh, doesn't have anyone I'm super familiar with um, in it, and it is uh, it, the trailer felt a little cheesy. Um, it's one of those you know could be inspirational if if it hits the right tones for you, and if it doesn't, it'll probably feel um, like it could have had a better script or maybe not feel quite as preachy or something like that. That's the vibe I got from the trailer. Oh, that's how we know him. He's in my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Is he the main guy in Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I've never watched that. I think I've seen (gasps) clips of it, but I've never sat through the whole thing. He's Ian Miller. I love that movie. (laughs) I haven't seen the second one. No, a lot of people are fans of the uh, the Big Fat Greek movies, for sure. I love them. Love it. Well, those are your theatrical releases and home releases for uh, the week, starting with August 21st, ending August 25th, if you want to, with Friday. Um, not not a week that I'm uh, super excited for, um, but, you know, there's stuff coming out in September that I can't wait to get to. So August needs to, I guess, finish because there's really nothing the following week either. So the next two weeks, it's just going to be maybe catching up on, uh, I don't know, the Emoji Movie or something. I'm not sure. Annabelle. I still haven't seen. Oh, I've seen it. So, um I've also I've seen I saw 
Hitman's Bodyguard last night. I'm hoping to see Logan Lucky this weekend. I wanted to go tonight, uh, but the weather is really bad, and oh. it just did not work out. Yeah, I'm actually a little concerned that we might lose power while recording because it is uh, <gasps> lightning and stuff. But we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's me. Bring the hurricanes. There's a, <laughs> there's a few indie uh, movies that are starting to get some more rotation. Um, our Polk Theater in September is getting Lady Macbeth, which I've wanted to see. Um, I think they're getting a ghost story this weekend or <gasps> last weekend at Polk Theater. Um, I can't remember for sure. Uh, Good Time, which I've also seen, is, is starting to get a wider release. Oh, dang. Um, and a couple others. But again, they won't likely make it to me, but they'll be closer to me. I can't remember what the other two were, but and I still haven't seen a glass cat or the glass castle because it did not come to my local theater, so I needed to go to Lakeland to check it out. Um, but this week's been crazy, like you said, with back to school and I'm I'm lesson planning and I have golf practice because I'm the girls' golf coach, and so I've got golf practice. Our first game is already on Tuesday, so it's just holy heck. Yep, and then my wife and I have uh, this week essentially it's probably an overstatement. We're saying we've quit carbs. Um, but she bought me cereal for breakfast this week, so... Oh, no! I guess I haven't fully quit carbs, but to be fair, where I normally like carbs is with dinner. I'm a meat and potatoes guy. And last night, um, our dinner consisted of Brussels sprouts and hamburger patties with no buns. Um, and I'm looking at my plate, and I'm thinking of all the movies I've ever watched where there's like a family... <laughs> That is clearly poor, and they just have like a little bit of weird grass-looking vegetable and a little bit of meat. And I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, I freaking miss carbs so much right now. Um, oh, no. And I've been pretty good about it until last last night. That hit hard. It was just like I was Hold starving. On. Yeah. She loves popcorn on like half price Tuesdays. How is oh, that gonna go? She loves popcorn. Period. But yes. Yeah, but I um, mean, it's I don't like know. Her thing. I don't know. And that's uh, we. Um, I guess now is a good. This is what podcast could be better than to talk about Movie Pass uh, this week. I'm sure yes! at this point you've heard it. I've been tagged by so many of my friends on Facebook and Twitter about Movie Pass, and I'm like, I've been a Movie Pass <laughs> member for a year and a half, for guys. Over a year. I, yeah. I'm a big, big fan of Movie Pass. I was saving money uh, paying thirty dollars a month because I go to the movies at least four times a month. So right away I was getting at least a free ticket every month, and sometimes more. Um, there have been months where I've seen like eight to nine movies and I'm getting you know, almost half price. Um, like last November, I think I saw nine and a, nine or 10 movies in November because there was all these films that I'd missed. And I went and I basically saw everything at my, my big, my big theater. So I've been a movie pass fan for a while and I've been paying 30 bucks for a year and a half. Now, if you haven't heard movie pass is 10 bucks a month for unlimited, you can go to movies once a day. And from what we are hearing, and this looks to be confirmed, you can even repeat movies now, which has always been against their rules, is that Yeek. once you saw a movie, that was it. And also, um, something before was that it could you could go to the movies once every 24 hours, Yes, but we're reading that it's every calendar day, well, that, so it would that's reset it. That changed a while back, actually. Oh, um, did it? Yeah, I have not had the 24-hour issue since I've been a member, which initially I thought was a glitch, but I think I might have been on a test program. Um, oh. and confirmed now though for several months where it is not an issue. I have gone at like seven o'clock at night and then one o'clock the next day. Not a problem. Dang, nice. Um, and, uh, now it's 10 bucks a month. So I, I was definitely going to get my daughter one because I was already paying 30. So now I'm only paying 10. So what's 20. Um, that's still less than what I was paying. And my daughter comes to movies enough with me where it makes sense for her to have one. Cause again, as long as she comes to one a month, it's worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. The big surprise was my wife was like, can I have one too? And I'm like, 
you you want one? She's like, yeah. So I said, great, that's perfect, because now all three of us can go to a movie whenever we want. And I was surprised, because my wife doesn't always like to go to the movies, and she revealed to me, surprisingly, that she doesn't go with me and Taylor sometimes because she doesn't want to spend the extra money, not because she doesn't want to see the movie. Oh, so now I thought it was... I oh. do too. I, I've always just assumed because I've never, I never have hesitated to spend money on movies. Um, it's a, it's a curse, mind you. But and other things. It's, it's my passion. <laughs> so I, I've never, yeah. it, and it's my, it's the one thing I really like to do. Um, there's not a whole lot else to do in this area, and that's been my one thing is I like to go to the theater. So I've never hesitated. But so now, knowing that now, I'm like, man, I'm gonna see everything for real because if she's willing to go. We've got three passes uh, as of you know once they arrive. I have mine already, um, and we're we're in. So I'm excited about that. Um, and with some of the stuff that's going to be coming out in the next couple months, and again, more indie films. I am a little concerned with AMC's resistance to this program because I really don't get why they're resisting it. Um, it. Do you do you mean because of their like classic films that they do? No, no. AMC theaters have has oh. gone on record. No, no, no. Uh, they've gone on record saying that they want. They're going to sue MoviePass and try to shut this down. Um, I don't understand because from what I've read, and I haven't been able to do any extra like research at all, but from what I've read that they've supposedly said is they're still going to give the movie theaters the full price for each ticket that their users yeah. get, which I don't see how this is going to be sustainable. I don't know how long it's going to last. Well, to be fair to AMC, that essentially is their argument is that – they are conditioning customers to want to be able to see as many movies as they want for ten bucks a month in a in a world that it's impossible for them to sustain that price point. So the AMC's logic is it will surely increase our theatrical guest for a while, but the second movie pass runs out of money and they shut down, customers are then gonna have to start paying fifteen bucks a ticket again and they won't come to the movies at all. Because they're used to getting it for so cheap. That's what I don't. Well, that's what AMC's theorizing. That's it. I don't agree necessarily, but that's what they have uh, basically explained, or at least that's what I've heard through Slash Film. Um, that was their <laughs> breakdown of the issue, and uh, they're not on their side either. But that was essentially their breakdown of what AMC's My argument is. My worry is we've already seen like the number of people that have already signed up, and are those going to be the same d bags that we already have an issue with in our theaters? <laughs> like while we're trying to watch a movie because we're honestly there because we want to watch the movie and not have a conversation with our friend in a dark room or like text all <laughs> everyone that we know or like I'm going to mute this phone call, but I'm going to text them for ten minutes. That's my worry as a like uh, movie yes. goer. Well, I am doing my part, Corey. Um, this week, the first week of school. Uh, one of the main things we're supposed to do is go over our expectations and policies. Um, and I had a very comprehensive slideshow where I break down everything. Because I have, I have a computer lab. I have equipment that they check out and stuff like that. So I have a lot of things that they have to do. So it takes a little while. And they get a little bored because it's, it's me talking about, like, okay, when we do this, this is what I expect from you. When we do this, this is what I expect. And I, I tell some stories and I make it funny. I make it at least enough so that they don't all fall asleep. But the last slide... On my list of expe expectations is a slide called Movie Etiquette, where I break down the proper behavior for watching movie, not just in my classroom, but in any public setting where you're not in your home watching it alone or with your family. And very extensive. Number one is give you the movie 100% of your attention. Number two, no talking. And not just no talking, having conversations, but keep the comments you have about the movie in your head 
or write them down. Don't share them with everybody. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000, nor is it Rift Tracks or any other commentary track you might want to apply here. And I encourage my students, if you really have some good jokes that you've written down while watching a movie with us, go home, record the record it, and sell it online for a couple bucks. You could become rich if you're really funny. And if you're not, well, then you know, just be quiet. And a couple other things about like you know respecting the film and, and the art that's behind it. Um, but I hope if my students learn that, that they'll train their parents, and then the parents will train their friends, and so on and so forth, and my city will become the best place to watch movies ever. That's my goal. And then Corey moves back. I'm That's, kidding. And I'm goal kidding. number two. No, goal number two. <laughs> you heard it here, Brendan. We're getting her back so we can go to Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> um, so that movie pass, um, I definitely encourage everyone to get it. I have to say, as a longtime member, I've not been happy with the uh, their, their website consistency and their app consistency since the announcement the other day. Um, like, I went to go see... Uh, the hitman's bodyguard last night and the app was down um and their their help system which is usually you talk to a person on chat if something's not working like let's say you go to check the movie times and sometimes the theater won't show up even though it like the theater shows up but the movie times aren't there you can message them tell them what you want to see and they'll still approve the purchase and you can go about your business like normal um they've been really great about that i've had no issues but this time instead of letting you have a chat they just told you to buy the ticket Oh. Take a picture, email it, and they'll reimburse you. And um, I had what? Yeah, and uh, that's happened once where I had a um, I couldn't get them fast enough on the chat, and I was already like at the register, and I took a picture, and they did reimburse me. So I know that they're they'll do it, but it's just like I'm like, whoa, man, if they if they're not ready for this influx of customers, and they the apps crashing, the websites crashing. What about customer service? Are they going to have the staff to handle hundreds of people messaging them every you know thirty minutes or so, um, versus whoa, whoa, maybe whoa. A, a small percentage or maybe hundreds of thousands of people? I don't know. All I know is before I bought my ticket last night, there was an, uh, another customer who came up to the box office not to buy a ticket but to ask the cashier about Movie Pass because she just ordered one and wanted to make sure it would work at our local theater, which definitely does. Um, and I was just like, man, this thing is it's crazy again because I've known. I've known about it for about three years now, maybe four, when Brendan first told me about it. Um, and then I I've, I got it when I started the movie challenge last year so that I could go to the theater every week uh, without it costing me you know too much more money. A jillion dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's a great thing. I definitely recommend it um, if you are a fan of going to the theater especially. Um, like Corey said, though, please don't be jerks if you're there. We're there to watch the movie, even if it is cheap, even if it's essentially free for you. We're there to watch the movie. If you don't want to watch the movie, go home. That's it. Um, with that said, uh, I think I'm ready to get into the fountain. Are you? Yes, but first, spoiler <laughs> warning. If you don't want us to ruin this movie for you, please go watch it and then come back and give a listen. If not, full steam ahead. Because we're going to be talking about this movie in some pretty great detail, probably. And um, we're definitely going to get into it extensively. Um, if you're not familiar, I'm going to go through the details of what The Fountain is. Um, ideally, you've already watched this, but if you haven't, uh, this the reason I, I encourage Corey to pick a Darren Aronofsky film, um, as I am uh, pretty lack on his filmography. I've only seen Pi um, before we watched The Fountain this week. 
And to be honest, right before this podcast, I've seen the first 30 minutes of Requiem for a Dream, which I'm going to finish when we get off of this podcast. Whoa, you never do that. I don't. But um, I was, I don't know, I was, I'm like, I have a lot of stuff to do. And I'm trying to squeeze everything in. And I've got like to-do lists, checklists, and all sorts of crap going on. So it was just like, all right, I have time to watch this right now. I'm going to start it now. I'll pick it up when I finish. Um, as, uh, my wife and your aunt are at a country concert <laughs> tonight. Um, Saw that. Yeah, and apparently surrounded by drunk people as she's messaging me left and right right now, just complaining about the people around her. But um, it's just interesting. to trip them. The distance between uh, Requiem for a Dream and The Fountain, I didn't realize he had a six-year gap between films. Um, Not intentionally. Oh. Um, I only did a little bit of reading. <laughs> Wikipedia. Because <laughs> I love <laughs> Wikipedia. Um, but apparently he initially, um, I'm forgetting what year, I want to say like 2001 or 2002, um, he had funding for a $70 million budget, and he had tapped um, – Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett to play the main characters. Oh, in the fountain. Yeah, in the fountain. And then it all just went wrong. And then it took a long time. He had to cut his budget in half to thirty-five million and had to go with different actors and all kinds of stuff. So he didn't intend to have that long of a That's interesting. Um Yeah. So then he goes the wrestler, Black Swan, which he wins I think I think he wins an award for both of those movies. At least I know the wrestler got a lot of recognition if he if he didn't win the award there. Um, then uh, Noah, which was generally reviled, that. although you and Brendan, I think, are both big fans of Noah. Um, I love that movie. It, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong. No, critics didn't hate it. 68's not bad. User, I think a lot of casual moviegoers hated it because it was not the traditional story of Noah and the Ark. And I can see where that would ruffle some feathers, probably. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then he has a new film coming out on September 15th, uh, which is starring a, an actress I generally don't like, uh, Jennifer uh-huh. Lawrence. Um, but it's starring an actor I generally do, Javier Bardem, um, alongside Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, who I've not seen in a long time. Whoa. And somehow Domhnall Gleeson is in this movie, too, which I'm uh, I'm a fan of his quite a bit. And Kristen Wiig is credited as well. Uh <sighs> For the movie Mother. Um, and so that's why we dove into the fountain. Haha. And um nice. I need to I need to take a moment first because I didn't know until we started you talked about this movie. I didn't realize he had another movie coming out. Um, but he is in a relationship with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh. Yeah. And then I didn't know, but at the time that he made the fountain, he was in a relationship, a long relationship with Rachel Wise. Interesting. So he likes to cast his actresses um, and date them. Um, yeah. Well, I uh, I definitely think Mother looks interesting. Um, oh, he likes that actress, too, because I think she's in Requiem for a Dream. Um, I think Mother looks interesting. The very first trailer I saw, I had no clue what was going on. I think the first trailer uh, Brennan and I saw at Dunkirk in IMAX, it was predominantly black screen with some white text with the names of Ew. who's in it with some sound. And the word mother. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that was, but Darren Aronofsky, I'm intrigued. Even though I, that's the funny thing is I have only seen Pi, which Pi is really interesting. Have you seen Pi? I haven't. That's one of his that I haven't seen. That and The Wrestler. Um, And The Wrestler is uh, potentially a movie club episode coming up. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I love the mystery. Um, I, <laughs> um, I, I watched Pi last year 
I liked it quite a bit. I was uh, very intrigued by it. I don't think Kathy liked it so much. I don't remember how I tricked her into watching it with me. Um, oh Requiem, I know a lot about. Um, oh. I've just haven't been able. I hadn't hopped into it. I'm already kind of. I'm not sure. I'm liking the split screen that he's doing in Requiem. Um, it feels unnecessary at the point in the movie I'm at, but maybe there'll be a reason for it later. Um, it definitely could be symbolic. That's the thing, and I, I'll talk more about that when we get to the fountain. But I know a lot about his filmmaking without seeing any of his movies. He's a director that definitely seems to kind of um, be a little polarizing. A lot of people seem to really love him, but at the same time, um, maybe find him a little too eccentric or or odd. Uh, but then again, the wrestler I've watched. <coughs> I think the first 30 minutes or so of The Wrestler when it first came out on DVD. Um, and I think I turned it off because my daughter was really young and Marissa Tomei is a stripper in that movie. And so I turned it off when I realized that that was a part of the movie. Hold uh, on. What is it with her being naked in films? I just rewatched. Um, I'm assuming she's probably naked oh, in yeah, that movie. Yeah, that's why I turned it off. That's I was and- like, oh. I rewatched Slums of Beverly Hills and I hadn't seen it in a while and I really liked that movie, but I totally forgot that she's just like, woo, everywhere, you know, like, holy heck. Um, I, I actually don't know if I've ever seen Slums of Beverly Hills, but um, I think it's on my list of many movies, uh, the, my list that never seems to end. Um, it never will. Yeah, no, it'll just keep expanding. But um, <laughs> The Wrestler, it, it was, I was really, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I don't know if you're how familiar you are with that i was a i've grew i grew up with wwf at the time um and i do go in phases uh i would say early 90s i probably stopped watching and then right before the raw era the attitude era came back with stone cold and the rock i was back into it then i was completely immersed in it for that whole time with the attitude era and then early 2002 i probably stopped watching for a good six seven years maybe eight years got back into it like 2009 2010 um, watched it for about five years and I've been kind of on a downward slide for the last three but I still always have like there's always a place in my heart for wrestling um, so what I saw of the wrestler I really was getting into and it felt a lot more straightforward than what I've seen of his other stuff it didn't feel like there was any kind of crazy psychological stuff going on it was very like a real gritty story about what it would be like to be a professional wrestler and um very personal story of of Mickey Rourke's character. But again, I didn't finish it, so maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it goes off the deep end somewhere. Um, and then, uh, from what I know of Black Swan, it's very much a psychological Ooh. kind of crazy movie, right? Because isn't Natalie Portman playing, like, two characters? Like, two... It, it, it's kind of, um, like, what's really happening? What What is really going on, and what is she imagining? Yeah. I mean, not trying to, like, give away the film, but... But yeah, so there's that psychological element to his filmmaking now. Again, I haven't seen Noah, um, but Noah deals, I think, with some supernatural elements to some degree, right? Like, uh, I, they're like, um, I forget what they're called in the film, but like tree people, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely some things that, yeah. Okay, so mystical. He he does some stuff, and I I knew very little about the fountain, but the fountain definitely is is out there. There's some very interesting visuals and visualizations of ideas, um, and I also kind of feel like what you said about Black Swan applies to the fountain. I don't know how much of yeah. what was happening was real and how much was metaphor. So, uh, and all, that's something that I wanted to talk about too, because that's why I read a little bit about it, um, because I wasn't sure. Like, if the story about Tomas, the, uh, what was he, a, a conquistador? 
Yeah, she she literally calls him Conquistador. Like that's his name, I think, when he is in the Spanish uh, Inquis- Inquisition time period. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, well, uh, I guess before we dive just into that, so don't, hold that thought for a second. Um, I want to read the plot summary and I want to say who's in the movie because I we kind I went on a Darren Aronofsky history lesson for a second. Um, as a modern day scientist this is according to imdb as a modern day scientist tommy is struggling with uh, morality i'm sorry not morality mortality desperately searching for the medical breakthrough that will save the life of his cancer-stricken wife izzy um now the movie stars hugh jackman uh rachel weiss who i am a huge fan of mainly from the lobster but she's popped up in a few other movies that we've seen she was she was in the light between oceans loved her in that um She's in another movie that's out this year, and I think coming to home video soon, My Cousin Rachel, I think, or something like that. It's something with Rachel in the title. I think that's the title. Um, the movie also has Ellen Bernstein, Mark uh, Margolis, who I think both of those people are in Requiem for a Dream. Um, Stephen McCaddy, Cliff Curtis, who's barely in the movie. Sean Patrick Thomas is kind of barely in the movie. Ethan Suple was a surprise to see... Um, because I mainly think of him as uh, the dude in Mallrats who's staring at the boat. Or am I wrong? He might not be the guy staring at the boat, but he's definitely in Chasing Amy. Um, but I feel like he's in a couple of the Kevin Smith movies, so I was surprised to see him in this film. Um, but I, bef- I want to get back into what you were saying now. But I just wanted to point those things out. That's um, you know what the movie is and who's in it, and we will talk about those performances. And we will get into man. He's in like all the Kevin Smith movies. Um, yeah, I'm right. It's the guy staring at the boat in, or the picture in Mallrats trying to see the boat. Um, all right. So your question about the conquistador. Well, um, it's kind of unclear um, to me that um, like the conquistador, and then we have the like we go forward where he <laughs> is like a space traveling. Tai Chi monk? <laughs> tai Chi, like, you know, um, it was kind of unclear to me if those were actually him across different, you know, spans of time. Yeah, that reminded me of Cloud Atlas in some ways. Um, I didn't see that movie. Oh, you should check that movie out. It's, um, it's very controversial. Okay. I Not wanted everybody to likes see it. it in theaters and I missed it. I missed it in theaters. I watched it uh, with my, my friend whose name I don't like to say because I don't know if he would want me to say his name. But the guy I watch movies with quite a bit. Um, we had watched that uh, a couple years back and, um, I think we both liked it, but felt like we needed to watch it again, which I've not done to this date, but, um, it's definitely a movie that's polarizing too. Like people either love or hate it and it's the Wachowskis. Um, I think it's, I think it was their last film. I don't think they've done a a new film since the, since Cloud Atlas, unless I'm drawing a blank on something. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I am. Jupiter Ascending was after Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Oh. I, I purposely forgot that. Um, yeah. So, um, I I don't know. I still, I, I don't feel like he wants us to know necessarily. Aronofsky, that no. is. Um, but, which, did he write this too? Yeah, he did. Uh, well, um, he, he someone wrote, else wrote it with him, I yeah. think. He, he's credited with screenplay and story, and then Ari Handel is credited for story. So, he did write it, but someone gave him some, uh, coaching assistance while writing it like feedback that kind of thing i but then she like gives him that book the fountain um that she's been writing while she's been sick um present day and by present day i mean in 2000 mid 2000s when the movie's taking place and released um she gives him this book 
and she wants him to write the final chapter. So I didn't know if it's him like imagining this story that she's written and like that's what we're seeing on the screen. Um, when the conquistador is there, that is definitely what appears to be happening. Both. Um, what do you mean both? The future. Even- yeah, the future too, because she's talking about um, the my and I loved that. Um, oh, I just blanked out on another movie that um, was kind of. It reminded me of how they were like portraying death and like another um, view of it, where she talks about the this guide that she had, and I believe she said he was mine too. Um, where I think when his father died, they planted a tree so he'd live in the tree, you know, through the tree, and. Um, that we see that later on where he believes that she's this tree and she may very well be, but, um, I, I thought that that would also be in her book because, you know, it's definitely a possibility. Um, I, so I'm going to step out of the whole movie for a minute and look at a theme. Cause I, I started wondering, um, one of the, the constant like motif is the ring, right? Like throughout the film, mm-hmm. um, we see a black, uh, like faded looking tattoo ring on his finger. Um, we see the very first image we see is a conquistador praying and he pulls out a little satchel from his uh, pouch and smells it, opens it and we see a ring and he thinks about putting it on, but he doesn't. We had no information about the ring initially, although later we do get some explanation that it's given to him by the queen and she tells him to wear it. And I think she says it'll, it'll protect you when you find our salvation or something along those lines. Um, and I'm going to get to that because that is going to build to my, my theme. So as the conquistador, he finds the tree of life at the end of the film. And I am going to jump to the end because I want, I think, I think we have to talk about how it ends to try to make sense of the rest of it. So, um, he, he finds the tree of life and stabs it and drinks the sap. Um, he doesn't initially drink the sap. He sees the sap fall on the ground and instantly flowers bloom from the ground. Um, I loved that scene. Like the whole sequence or that that particular especially instance. well keep going okay so he has a stab wound in his stomach from uh, from a fight he had just encountered and he puts some of the uh, sap on the wound and it starts bubbling and it's completely healed uh, within seconds um, so then he just starts gulping down the sap uh, now as he's drinking the sap he starts uh, floating essentially like it almost looks like where he we've seen the monk throughout the movie like this um vast world of colors and beautiful things and while he's floating he goes to put the ring on his finger but before he can he's drawn back to the reality of earth and his wound is now bubbling and he just bursts into flowers uh over a series of seconds but it's a very cool sequence i love Uh, that yeah and so it got me thinking okay the ring is clearly significant because throughout the movie um he lost the ring. Uh, the the what we can at least say is the real person, the only one that seems to be grounded in our world. Um, I think uh, Tom Creo or something like that, who is the doctor, um, he is played by Hugh Jackman. He loses the ring uh, while performing uh, an operation on a monkey, which he's using uh, apes or baboons or something as lab animals to try to figure out how to reduce brain tumors so he can save his wife who has a brain tumor. And he loses his ring early in the movie, and he's been bothered by it. The wife makes a joke about it, but he's not okay with it. He's very upset. <laughs> I that love that. He's lost his ring, right? And, is she a redhead? Yeah, is she a redhead? And he's like, what? Um, 
and after uh we've already given a spoiler but the wife does die and that's when he tattoos the ring on his finger and then the monk version of him has tattooed rings all through his arm like there's a series of rings on both arms um now it's it looks like a sleeve but if you look there are individual rings just some are filled out thicker than others and ultimately it's just this row of rings so the ring is important right so here he goes to put the ring on after he's already drank the salvation juice for himself and before he can put it on he turns into flowers so that got me thinking he's so obsessed with not dying all three versions essentially um and not just him not dying but her not dying that he loses sight of living Mm -hmm. the obsession with curing death stops him from enjoying the time he has with her you know and that's really emphasized by that conversation where she wants to go walk in the first snow and he snaps at her he snaps at her and she leaves and from uh there's that scene right away where he goes and um he goes to work instead of walking with her but then later that scene plays out differently where he does walk with her implying regret right like that he regrets not walking with her he regrets not taking the time to be with her um and so I think the message of the movie is um, stop being afraid of death and enjoy life while while we have it to enjoy. Um, I, I think that's the big message. That's kind of my interpretation. I feel like I might have had slightly different wording on Wednesday night when I watched it. Now we're recording on Friday. Um, it's, I'm, it's definitely out of my mind. I thought it would be okay. I thought I'd have it stronger. But two days have passed and a lot of stuff has happened since then. Plus, I saw Hitman Bodyguard. I started watching Requiem for a Dream. Does It definitely thins out some of my thoughts on the f- film. But that's kind of what I'm thinking we're supposed to take from this movie is that this is what the character's ultimate regret is. Um, he definitely regrets not saving her, but he regrets more that he spent so much time away from her trying to f- to keep her that he lost all those moments that he could have had. And that's just like with the... Um... With the Spanish Inquisition also, um, he goes off to, you know, try ah. to do all these things for her. And that was also time he could have spent with her. But, I mean, yep. in that situation, I still think that she could have been captured and all that stuff. Um, but totally agree. Um, also, if there are any fellow saps out there, <laughs> I ugly cried almost the whole movie. Ah. I was just like, I couldn't stop. Well, you know, I often uh, use crying um, to compare, like, a, an actress's talent, um, especially uh, lack thereof for Jennifer Lawrence and um, Claire Danes. And to be fair, Chloe Grace Moretz in The Fifth Wave uh, has a crying moment where there is not a single tear dropped on a close-up. Oh, gosh. Um, At but, least computer-generate some, guys. Or or don't do a close-up. If, if the yeah. girl can't cry, go long so we can at least see <laughs> Her motions were believable, but it was like, I'm looking at her. She's not crying. Like, you can see she's not crying. I, well, I know where you're going with this. And when I was watching the movie, I knew he had to pass. What do you mean? I Did Hugh Jackman pass, pass like, your crying oh, test? Oh, big time. Yeah, amazing. Um, uh, oh, so my God. Emotionally, He's like, um, um, his chin is, like, quivering. And, like, it's just so uh, intense. And I also like that it's showing um, – that she's coming to terms with the fact that she's dying and she starts making those plans like where she yeah. wants to be buried and you know that she doesn't want him to be sad and he wants she wants him to finish I, this 
I love oh. her so much. She is she is so charming. natural and charming and like um this movie did remind me uh not all of it, but this the part of her her character in particular reminded me of uh, Felicity Jones in um A Monster Calls in a lot of I ways. I haven't seen that yet. Which you definitely need to. Um it, I, know. I really, really like it a lot. And um like but she's dealing with she's dying from cancer too in that movie so there's a lot of parallels just from that but even like the way they present things and information and they're so strong when everyone around them doesn't seem to be and it's like if anyone shouldn't be it's it's them and yet they're the they're the anchor then it's like if you look at their situation they don't have any choice you know what i mean i mean we're all going to die but really what are they doing why would they worry about it why would they be stressed about it it's inevitable you know what i mean which i mean it is for all of us but yeah i feel like they have a little more and then there's that uh, the counter perspective to that though is like uh committing or accepting it is also like giving up is that and i'm not saying they are but that is how some people view that is well maybe if you hadn't accepted death you could have kept fighting and again I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'm just saying I've heard that point of view. And that's, I definitely think what Hugh Jackman's point of view is in this movie is that don't say that the second you um, think it's, it's time it's too late. Keep giving in, keep fighting. Yeah. You've given in, you've given up on, on trying. And um, I didn't cry. I I did feel, I felt (gasps) sheer empathy. Um, I I might just be too emotionally exhausted this week to cry. I can totally appreciate that. Um, I, um, and I like where his boss, um, like, I'm not sure exactly what her position is, but she's obviously above him yeah. in the research, like hospital they work at. And, um, she tells him that no one creates a cure overnight. And she's trying to kind of ground that for him, that he is working really hard and he's made some big, you know, big advancements for what they're working on. But he's wasting a lot of time, too, because she uh, and when we find out that she can't feel hot or cold. And as soon as that scene was on where her feet are in the snow, guys, I live in the snow and it gets effing cold and it's disgusting and rotten. And I hate the snow. Um, (laughs) And she's like barefoot on the roof. And I'm like, Bill, she's not wearing any shoes, but she has a blanket around her. And then later on, she's like in the bathtub and she asks him to like wet the sponge with like hot water and she can't feel it. And she finally lets on that she hasn't been able to feel those like differences for a while now. So she knows that it's it's getting worse. Um, Yeah. And uh, actually, the scene that did, I think, choke me up the most, though, was the kind of cruel moment that it's it feels a little contrived when. she passes and uh the doctor shows up and tells him that hey guess what the monkey's tumor is reducing and it's just like no not Uh, not well not right now you say that like that's the worst timing um that happened in each of the three stories like if it was just a little more time which is again obviously that's that's what the message is we always want a little more there's never enough time enjoy what we get and embrace those moments take advantage of being with the ones we love while you can be and it doesn't get into the afterlife um really uh there is the idea of sebulba i believe is the name of the um the the gold nebula star thing in uh that he is venturing to in the bubble uh the tai chi version of hugh jackman 
um, with his uh, very cool monk-like look. And I don't know why I was so surprised by how great Jackman is. I started, as I'm watching the movie, I'm trying to think of what other non-X-Men movies I've seen him in. And I really still can only um, think of Les Mis outside of the X-Men franchises. I know I've seen him in other stuff. But even, like, in Logan, he does deliver so much of an emotional performance. And all the X-Men <sighs> Wolverine performances, he's really great. And I had a hard time thinking of that, too, because I don't really like all those movies. But I did have to go see Logan, and it blew me away. And there's another movie that um, I was thinking of that he was in, and I was just like, I didn't know why I was so surprised by his act. Oh, it was The Prestige. Yes, exactly. He's great in that, and that's I couldn't he's even great. bring that up. It Why would we yeah. not know that he's great? And then I'm glad that you were thinking the same thing I was too. I was like, ah. yeah. And and again, Rachel Weiss, I I'm just I'm such a fan of hers, and um, I've not seen enough of her movies to be honest. She's in more things than I realize, and I've uh, I've come across her a lot in some stuff recently. I'm gonna pull up her her work. Oh, I always forget she's in the Mummy movies that I love. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. With She's the Brandon hot Frazier. librarian. Yeah, um, I because I, I, I don't know why I don't connect that that dot. Um, but she's um, light between oceans, lobster. We said she, I forget she's in Oz, the Great and Powerful, but that's not. Great. Oh shoot, um, that's right. She's the mom in Light Between Oceans. Yep, yeah, yeah, and uh, I haven't seen the Lovely Bones. I haven't seen definitely. Oh, Maybe. I did. She's in Fred Claus, which is a mediocre Christmas movie, but I have seen. Um, Aragon, she's the voice of the dragon, which is interesting. Um, oh, I forget she's in Constantine, which I actually like quite a bit uh, with Keanu Reeves. Um, I haven't seen Constant Gardener. I I've seen Envy with Jack Black and Ben Stiller, but I don't I don't like it, so I don't remember it. Um, I haven't seen About a Boy, which I've heard pretty good things about. I haven't seen Sunshine. See, there's a lot of her stuff I really want to go back and and check out. Some I again have seen, and I. I don't know. I guess in these, I mean, she's another Counter Reeves movie that I never saw. Chain Reaction. Um, yeah, she's been acting for a while, but uh, yeah, she has quite the. Uh... And uh, you know, she's in, she's great though in the movies that I'm recalling, and a few of these. There's a few indie movies I haven't seen, just from the last. Uh, she's in Denial, Complete Unknown, The Mercy, My Cousin Rachel, which I mentioned earlier, and Disobedience, all listed from 2016 to 2017. There. And then a few movies she's working on. I, I don't know. She's really great and really thought she was great in this. Um, there's definitely a lot of weird Aronofsky-type visuals. Uh, some are really awesome, like the the bubble. There's some really great lighting in those sequences. Um, I love the silhouette of him doing Tai Chi with, like, the stars behind him. Mm-hmm. I love that shot. Like, it's just so gorgeous and then they evoke that same imagery when we see the conquistador meet the queen they have all the candles that are like floating in space kind of thing you know what i mean like they're like hanging from the ceiling yeah and they um, definitely bring that idea back i thought it was really weird that they kept her face covered most of the time for those scenes she was standing behind like the cage um uh-huh. right yeah it was weird i don't know if that's um i'm not familiar enough with spanish royalty royalty and monarchy. So I don't know if that was like tradition, maybe for safety, they were kept behind a gate um, or if there was some other reason for that. Um, maybe that uh, it could be sim- symbolic of him wanting to be with her, but j- there was something keeping them apart kind of thing um, mm-hmm. that he would maybe he was keeping her in a cage to protect her, you know, because that's definitely um, when we see the modern day version, the one that's set more in our world. 
he is constantly like treating her like she's fragile you know what i mean like come on you need to get inside you're gonna catch a cold now granted she was not dressed properly i understand that but still he is being very protective of her um because again that is he does not want her to die but um so maybe that's the symbolism of the cage like the conquistador keeping her safe you know going to go kill the the inquisitor with without regard of his own life you know have no no issue if he dies but he doesn't want her to die you kind of get that vibe from the other two as well um and even the the symbolism of the monk eating the bark of the tree that is supposed to be her um like as if she is the tree of life and it's sustaining him enough to get to the next place like Mm -hmm. she is fueling him she is keeping him moving and keeping him going and without her he'll cease to be almost you know (laughs) definitely symbolic there it's a very it's a very introspective movie you got to really think about what's what a lot of it means um and again there's some questions that are definitely not answered like is are these uh timelines of this one person's is it implying like soulmates almost where these people are connected throughout time because that's what cloud atlas is definitely implying um or not even implying that's definitely what cloud atlas is about is that you know we're connected through all these different generations um and you know things repeat and we're linked to each other that kind of thing um i got that vibe but i don't know if i would have got that vibe if i hadn't seen cloud atlas um but you haven't seen Cloud Atlas, and did, you seem to have maybe got the same possibility of the of what was intended. Yes. But mm. I, I would say, um, despite it having a relatively lower um, Metacritic score, which is not it's not a bad Metacritic score, but I believe it's in the fifties. Um, oh. It's a fifty-one, so it's just kind of neutral amongst critics. Um, it has a seven point three user sc- uh, score on IMDb. Um, but even looking at uh, the the reviews that are posted on imdb its highest score on the list is 63 so it it kind of just averaged out in the middle um i'd say that's fairly accurate like i enjoyed the movie i really liked the performances um i don't know that it was as coherent as it could have been um i definitely like it feels like you have to decipher the message but at the same time the message is very very simple um, but it goes through a lot of layers to to make it look more complicated than it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't feel like, some of his movies I feel like are hard to watch. Like, I really enjoyed Black Swan, but I don't need to ever watch that again in my life. Oh, wow. And we all know why I watched it. Like, I could watch it, but you know what I mean? It was just kind of heavy. It's negative. And I feel like, you know, I felt the same way about Re- Requiem. I do want to rewatch Requiem because I was so young when I initially saw it, and I know I missed a lot. But it's just so emotionally taxing. And I feel like this movie, like, it did make me cry, and it was really sad. But it's a lot easier to digest than some of his other movies. Okay. Um, um that being said, I'm a big fan of Noah, and I've watched that one multiple times. Um, but I just feel like I don't know. I yeah. oh really? Um, I'm gonna say um, that I think the fountain gets the. I think I I'm think gonna go gonna... not quite golden. Um, oh. And are you going decent? 
I'm at a toss-up between a decent watch and not quite golden. Yeah, and I was oh. too. Uh, and that was a game time decision to go not quite. Um, I was leaning towards decent, but I think I, I think I walked away really thinking about it, the movie and and really <laughs> uh, kind of dwelling on the idea of, um, you know, embracing life while you ha- while it's here. Um, mm-hmm. even if, of course, my definition of embracing is different. Like I'm not an, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I'm not going to go dive out of an airplane to embrace life. I'm going to go talk about movies and, uh, be with people I love and that kind of embracing of life. Um, but nonetheless embracing it and not, not fearing death, like, you know, still trying to do as much as I can to stay alive longer, uh, but not at the detriment of being, doing the what time I you love. have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that it clicked with me enough uh, that I did enjoy it. And I do, again, I really love the performances from from Jackman and, and Rachel Weisz. Um, so, you know, and, and I'm watching Requiem because I am I am intrigued by Aronofsky's style. He's he's definitely different um, than a lot of other directors that are out there. His movies are no way uh, mainstream, which I think might have been Noah's other flaws. Noah was marketed like it was a mainstream type of movie. Um, cause I remember seeing trailers for it and it feeling like a mainstream religious type movie. And mm-hmm. from what I've gathered, that's not what that movie is. So mm, ruffles feathers, man. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you because I'm agreeing much more with, you know, our, your description of not quite golden pony boy. Um, yeah, it, it just, it just clicked with me, um, enough that, well, like you said, it's, it's a heavy movie. I don't know that I would seek it out to rewatch it, but I also don't think I would turn it off. Like if it were on HBO or something and I was flipping channels. And, and I know that even though I got, I, I was paying attention the whole time and, you know, actively watching, but I know that there's stuff that I missed. Yeah. And I did, I did get distracted a few times, not because of the movie, but because I had, um, I watched it Wednesday night. Um, I had something happen. I was oh um my daughter had youth group so I was I didn't get home till like eight thirty, and so I had other stuff I had to finish but I also I didn't I knew I was gonna go to the movies last night I wasn't sure what tonight was gonna entail so I was trying to make sure I I had it in before the podcast um so I wasn't I'd say the last forty minutes I gave a hundred percent of my attention but the first like half I was uh, doing a couple I... other things. And I did want to ask you this also, because, um, like, the way that the room I was watching the movie in is situated, it faces, like, the sun at, you know, when the sun's setting. But at the very beginning, I felt like the movie was really dark and it was hard to see what was going on. Um, I did not notice that. Um, okay. But it's funny that you mentioned that, because I'm watching Requiem for a Dream on Showtime, on demand, mm-hmm. on my cable box, and it was... um. Like the picture was like jumping and like having these like red, ver- like weird red lines and discoloration. And so mm-hmm. I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, I know this movie's weird, but is this part <laughs> of the movie or is this my, is it not working properly because of the weather? So like I had to go, I own Requiem on Voodoo. So I logged into my Voodoo on my computer and played the same scene to see how it looked. And I was like, okay, no, my TV's messing up. Because so, I was like, I don't know what with this guy. I don't know what to expect because I could totally see this being intentional because <laughs> it, it looked like a like as if you were really wanting to emphasize that this was a drug infused conversation or something. And I was uh, like, and that like, oh man, you know, I like watch a lot of movies with some 
you know, questionable subject matter, but you like bring heroin into it and I just cannot deal. Like it makes me want to throw up <laughs> so bad. Well, you know, um, I had a weird uh, in- interaction. I had a student ask me if I've ever seen the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. Um, mm-hmm. and I-, I have not, um, but I do know it's a drug movie. Um, even the name seems to imply that or something else. But um, I did after I was like, I'm like, because I guess uh, he, somewhere or another, the student said that his parents um, kind of pointed him in the direction of Blow. Um, oh. And so I was like, okay, well, it sounds like your parents are, are kind of cool about this type of stuff. They're, they're, you know, they're, it's kind of probably my philosophy. It's, you can't hide them from it. So rather ex- let them know about it and then have conversations about it. Like why you shouldn't do this, you know, that kind of thing. Um, versus like pretending it doesn't exist and hoping they never find out about it, you know, and then yeah. ask those questions on their own when they don't get good answers. Um, and so I pointed him though in the direction of train spotting afterwards. So I was like, yeah, if you like that, you should check out train spotting. So I don't know if he's watched it or not yet. I'm hoping he maybe checks it out over the weekend. Um, because train spotting, uh, while again, deals with some very difficult subject matter and some, some horrifying, horrifying sequences in that movie. Danny Boyle just, man, he just makes movies that I, I am engaged in, um, uh, Same. for sure. So yeah, well, obviously I know that for sure with you. Um, <laughs> just in case our listeners don't, I'm, I'm, torn a little bit but i think i have committed uh to what movie i want to do next week so our <gasps> review of um the fountain this week we are saying it is uh we're both saying not quite golden um i definitely recommend checking it out it is a tough watch uh if you if you have issues dealing with death um you know that's there and it is definitely something you're gonna have to deal with um i would love to hear your thoughts on this movie if you're listening and you maybe watched it or you're watching it after the fact um, you can email us at contact at com. contact at com. That's where we're going to send everybody from this point forward. Um, if you want to communicate with uh, the podcast, if you just email us at contact at berkreviews.com, uh, we might read your emails on the air. We're looking to get more involved with our com- with our listeners. We'd love to hear from you, so please, please, please send any emails. If you have any comments on the show, things we should add, that kind of thing, email us at contact at com. Is this for both podcasts yes it is um okay. trying to direct everything to one location so that maybe uh it's easier <laughs> to keep worry. going um, don't worry no one tweets at me <laughs> well you feel so free to, you can follow us on twitter for sure but i mean if you want uh th- those interactions to be discussed for the show that's where the email is getting checked um i'm hoping to add some kind of maybe contest or something later um i've had i want to give a shout out to our listener aaron um Aaron has been a listener for a while now uh we lost him for a little bit because of uh when we switched from our first host to SoundCloud which I thought we were gonna have to switch again when SoundCloud rumors were circulating that it was going out of business but luckily Chance the Rapper saved us um and uh he's just saving the day everywhere he just like donated I think a million dollars to um the Flint water crisis that's a dude who's grateful for what he has and that's I have not found a song of his that I'm really into but I totally mm -hmm. appreciate what he's he's, yeah yeah I just like see all these things that he does and I'm just like holy heck but yes um I I had man my brain went I went all over the place so I'm trying to bring it all back in to make sure I don't oh, forget anything. We're talking about prizes and Aaron. Yeah. Well, Aaron had uh, suggested a couple of things and I appreciate those, uh, the conversation we had, Aaron. Um, 
And I, I took your advice right away, and that's what this contact at BerkReviews.com, I think, is our central hub for comments. Of, you want to share, if you like make a top five list for one of our topics, you want to share that list with us, maybe have it read on the air, email it to us at contact at BerkReviews.com. That email, again, is contact at BerkReviews.com. Hopefully, at this point, you know contact at BerkReviews.com <laughs> is where you send everything. I feel like I am uh, 411 pain at this point. But... Um, <laughs> So for next week, I think we stay with Aronofsky mm-hmm. and let's watch The Wrestler. Um, okay. And that will, for you, that'll wrap it up. I'm going to kind of on my own time get caught up with the other films. I haven't seen Pi. I I think you should check it out. It was on Netflix. Um, I okay. definitely recommend. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's very psychological. It's also shot black and white and it is very, um, it's it's pretty crazy actually. It's, I it's... wonder how he keeps getting funding for movies because I don't know if the like number was accurate and you guys know i love those numbers but on a 35 million dollar budget he only made 15 for the fountain supposedly yes um when you know when you told me that brad pitt was the original actor i i'm trying to like i couldn't imagine him in this role i did but i'm pulling tyler durden moments in some of the shots in Ty- <laughs> uh well some of the shots from fight club are similar to some of the shots yeah. in the fountain and i'm like okay i guess i could see like i'm trying to picture him crying like jackman did and I don't think it would have been as good, to be honest. Like, it would have been different. Um, I think it would have felt more crazy. Because Jackman's crazy in that moment, right? When he's really balling, he's tattooing his finger. Um, mm-hmm. But it, oh. it would have been, it would have been, I think, more crazy with Brad Pitt doing. I think maybe anger coming through more um, with, at least from the movies I've seen. I, I like, I am a Brad Pitt fan for the most part. I don't think I've seen too many films where I don't like him in them. Um, I don't like all the films he's in, mind you, but I don't. I do like him. I think in everything I've seen him. It's not in. he's a bad actor. He doesn't do a bad job. Correct. At least not that I can think of. Um, okay, so I wanted to say that I wanted to say the contact thing. There was one other thing I was going to mention, and it seems to have left my brain. What were you going to say that maybe I'll remember while you're? Uh, oh, I just didn't even. I wouldn't have thought about this unless Bill said it because Bill watched this movie with me. Sometimes I rope him into watching movies with me um Mm -hmm. but he said when um he's like tattooing his arm and it is like coming up from his hand like where he's tattooing the ring Mm -hmm. but bill mentioned it's like the tree rings yes i thought of that too the the life how long a tree's been alive by counting the rings Mm -hmm. um i definitely think that's i think that's not only right but i think it's implying he's managed to sustain his life way past what it should have been possible um Mm -hmm. And the, I also was thinking that might have been the same doctor, but in the future, because what he's tattooing with is the fountain pen that he's tattooing the, the ring with. God, yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely implied. And I do think we see him bury a thistle. I think it's a thistle. I'm honestly not 100%, but I thought it was a thistle um, on her grave. And if mm-hmm. if that is the future of him in the bubble in the, that tree would maybe be the tree that he planted in that moment. Um, which is we don't usually go to these uh, reviews again after we rate it, but you know what? Yeah, we do actually. I feel like we usually do. All right, well, I'm totally wrong. Um, (laughs) But next week we are going to be watching the wrestler, so you can email your reviews to us at contact at burkreviews.com. In case you missed that, guys, one more time. Contact at burkreviews.com. Oh man, I really wanted. I had something that I wanted to say, and now I'm totally blanking on what it was and that disappoints me but we will be back uh next week with that episode 
Um, there's a lot of good movies out there to watch. I encourage you to watch as many as possible. If you're going to the theater, please be respectful to the other people there. Don't be that guy or girl who is disrespectful to the other uh, spectators. Um, anything else to add, Corey? <laughs> no, I think I'm finally done. Well, we have our top five movies uh, coming out this week. Um, it's just going to be Corey, myself, and our special guest, Ben, who's been on a few other episodes, but we're giving Mike the week off. Um, cause like I said about my own school life, his school life is also just starting and it is, uh, sometimes overwhelming. So we're giving him a week off. He'll be back next week with us, but let's look forward to that episode of top five movies. Um, again, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us. Do you know the address, Corey? I don't think I do, John. Can you just tell us one more time? Sure. It's contact at com. <laughs> That's where you're going to ask you to, to, uh, send any communications. Of course you can follow us on Twitter. Um, I don't just tweet about movies. Sometimes I tweet at political figures, questions that do not ever seem to get answered. Um, no, they never will. Uh, but I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey is at... I'm a horrible tweeter, but I'm at Corey R. Star. If you want to see pictures of my cats. Hey, sometimes... I also, to be fair, I also post pictures of my cats on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, cats are adorable. And I also post pictures okay, of my dog sometimes. Um, <sighs> but. Man, I really wish I could remember what I was going to say, but that happens sometimes, folks. Maybe it's a cliffhanger on purpose. Come back next week to see if I remember what I was going to tell you. Otherwise, Corey, thank you for giving up some of your time, and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you. You guys have a good week. All right. Peace, everybody. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>